0: In love, let us abide, in hope, rejoice, in tribulation, endure, and in prayer, persevere. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. It is a joy to be among you again. Most of you I know, uh, some of you I may not, but I'm the seminarian at St. Mark's. I'm a postulate from the Diocese of West Texas, and I'm a senior, woo-hoo, (laughs) at the Seminary of the Southwest. And again, it's a blessing to be with you today. So language can be incredibly dynamic. It could be argued that it's an art, especially when we think about poetry and music and our scriptures. And today, I think that it is especially vibrant and dynamic when Paul is writing to the Romans. It is instructional, it's supportive, and for me, it's exciting. (laughs) And I want to focus on the first few verses, 9 to 13. You can find those if you want to in your bulletin. And I want us to obviously think about the message and the way it was read today from Scripture, but also about the original language it was written in Greek. Please don't panic. I don't know very much Greek at all, and there are those among you who know much more and are much more fluent in it in this community. But there is something about going back to the original language, and if you speak more than one language, then you know that the translation can vary a little bit, and so there are layers, and there's a richness to it. And that's what I want us to be curious about today. So if we think about verse 9, Paul starts out with love. And beloved, that's really a good place to start when we're doing most anything. It's to start with love. And he says this love is genuine. But in the Greek, there's a possible translation of the word irrevocable. Let your love be irrevocable. And that's exciting because if something is irrevocable, you can't undo it, you can't break it, you can't get away from it. And that is supportive. Later in the next verse, he talks about outdoing one another. Now we might wanna be careful here, or at least I might wanna be careful here because I'm pretty competitive. If we play a game and I wanna outdo you, if we're keeping score, I want my score to outdo your score. I want to win. Um, probably this is pretty good for the opening of college football season too as well, right? But in this sense, Paul's not talking about that kind of an outdoing. If we look at the layers, there's a sense of we want to set the example. We want to lead the way in this honoring one another. And then we get to ardent. And there's an enthusiasm about this ardent love and service. And in one layer, one can say that there's a sense of a boiling over. People are boiling over in their excitement to serve Christ and to love and serve one another. In verse 12, I think um, this is a way that these folks are being. A way Paul says that you can be and how you can be with one another. More than a mantra, more than a slogan, more than a vibe. It's almost like this community, Paul wants them to be rooted and say, this is how we are. This is how we do things here. And how do we do it? We rejoice because we have hope. We are patient with one another and situations that arise and come to us. We are—we persevere and we're persistent and we talk to, to God and to reach out to him in prayer. This seems like a pretty solid plan of of being for the people of this day and for us in this community. And then in 13, we get to this contribute and extend. Contribute and extend. The Greek gives us a little more here too, a little more nuance, and it's more than I'm gonna give you some advice, I'm gonna help you for a moment, I might contribute physically or monetarily. I think what Paul is, the Greek is reaching for, and what Paul is hopeful for is that we are going to share and take part in each other's lives, and we're going to stay there for a while, and we're going to be together for a while in our support and love for one another. It's authentic and continuing. Now, but this time, I feel like this passage really sets up the rest of the passage. But in this piece, it feels like this is kind of a game plan. A way to be and a way to be together. And in some Bibles and some texts and some commentaries, there's you know, sometimes there's like the cliff notes above that's getting ready to tell you what this is about. One of those says, This is the true nature of Christians, or love and action. And this language in these notes can be helpful. Um, they can serve, but sometimes I can also feel like a pretty tall order. It may feel a little overwhelming to roll through this passage and think of all these things that Paul is asking these folks and us to do. It might even feel like uh, maybe you grew up with this, maybe you said this, almost feels like a, if you're going to talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. And that can feel overwhelming, but I don't really think that's what this is about. And I would take you back to how Paul started. He started with this genuine, irrevocable love. And I think what he's drawing us to, what he's instructing us to do, what he hopes for us is to have something greater, an opportunity, an opportunity to walk in love as Christ did, to be with folks like Christ was, to honor them to serve them, and to shine forth Christ's love. Last summer, I did a unit of CPE, and that's also known as Clinical Pastoral Education. My fellow seminarians and I worked in hospitals, and we learned and grew together, and we were given a little badge that said chaplain. I didn't know that was part of this gig when I signed up. (laughs) <laughs> and when they tell you that's going to happen, and you're going you're to roll into the hospital as chaplain, lots of feelings come up. And you're concerned about your language, the language of, will I have the right words to say? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I don't have the answers? What if I can't fix it? Now, I've lived long enough to know that I definitely don't have all the answers but I thought, you know, I might be okay with this because I'm a helper. I like to help people, and I like to fix things, too, if I can. Well, as we grew together and we began walking into rooms, it was uh, quickly confirmed. My suspicions were quickly confirmed. I didn't have many answers, much less all of them, and I absolutely could not fix things for folks. One night, this became glaringly apparent. Now, I don't know where you are in your journey, and the details I'm going to give you are pretty broad. But if you feel uncomfortable or like you might want to step out, then that's okay. I was in the on-call room, which is a converted hospital room, and I get the call at 2 a.m. from a nurse who tells me that there is uh, a young couple who want the chaplain. She gave me a few details, and one of, a de- one of the details was, besides that they wanted a chaplain, and they were struggling and in crisis, was that they didn't speak the same language I did. So I asked her, I said, well, can you get the translator ready? And the translator is like a giant iPad, and it's a really good piece of technology because it connects you to someone who speaks whatever <laughs> language you need, pretty much. There are very few of them that are not listed, I get to the door I come in and as I enter in you can feel the fear and the sadness and the anxiety is palatable I see uh, the young woman in the bed and she's quietly crying her husband is standing by the bed the nurse is getting the translator ready we get the translator on board the translator is talking I'm talking to the translator I'm explaining what's going on in the middle of what the root of what's going on, I'm explaining. He says, stop, wait a minute. I can't really hear you clearly, I'm gonna hang up. (laughs) Click. And I'm looking at these folks and they're looking at me and so I try one more time. We get the translator, I get to about the same spot and this translator says, you know, the connection's not very good. And I said, wait. In my former life I was an assistant principal and a coach and that's what the voice sounded like. I said, wait, don't you hang up. I want you to ask these folks if I can be with them without you, without the translator. And they asked and the young woman nodded at me as did her husband. So I turned the translator off and as I'm rolling it to the side, it hits me. Okay, what are you going to do now? And I immediately began to pray. I'm like, "Father, I just what what would you have of me? What can I do to love these folks? How can I be with them on their journey?" And it is almost it really is indescribable. How a peace descended over me, and I, in my mind's eye, could see the women in my family my mother, my grandmothers, my aunties, and my great aunties. And I could see them caring for people in crisis and in pain. And I remembered the stories they told me of their mothers and their grandmothers. And this cloud of witnesses was with me as the Holy Spirit guided me. So I went to the sink and there was a stack of washcloths and I wet one with cool water and I approached the bed slowly and I extended it to show my sister in Christ what I was doing. And she nodded. And I began to bathe her face with cool water and a cloth. I don't know how long this went on, but at one point in one trip I came and her husband was laying down on the couch and his eyes were closed. I came back another trip and her eyes were closed. And we were there together. And I wonder too if she felt the presence of all the women in her family with us. soon the nurse came, and it was time, and I felt like our time together was probably over, but I asked the nurse, who thankfully could speak this language, if they would like me to stay, and she smiled, and she shook her head, and I left. I continued to pray as I walked away and cried all the way back to the young call room. Now, I'll tell you the story not out of sadness. To evoke some kind of emotion in you, but to, to illustrate that I believe this is what Paul is talking about. This is what this passage is about. You know, I didn't have any answers, I didn't even have the language, I couldn't fix anything. But I had love, and I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity. That's my hope for us, is that we will seek out, as many of you already do, in this place and in ministries beyond St. Mark's that you're a part of, but that you will seek out opportunities to shine forth genuine, irrevocable love. I promise you, if you look for them You will find them. And you'll have an opportunity to walk in love, to shine forth Christ's love, and to be a part of another beloved child of God's journey in wonderfully amazing and divine ways. So, let us abide in love. Rejoice in hope, in tribulation endure, and in prayer persevere. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.